What's going on, everybody? This is your host, BJ Parker, and this is the Making the Turn podcast. going on everybody hey welcome back to the uh podcast i'm your host bj parker and this is making the turn podcast and uh today we're on the road uh taping some uh, uh podcast episodes and i'm back again at the university of tennessee at knoxville and i'm sitting down with the director of sports management darren Seabold. how you doing sir doing great man great to be on i appreciate you uh coming on the podcast have you ever have you listened to any of them before uh, unfortunately not no well, sir I, we're going to have to get you a subscriber. Amen. You, Amen. You'll be a subscriber after this one, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. Well, you're one of, I think you might be my first surf sports turf guy um, on the podcast, so I'm excited about our conversation, and, and you take care of the, uh, we'll get into what all you do, but you're the uh, the big man on campus for taking care of the big big field up here in Neyland Stadium. Yes, sir, I am. Yeah. I'm the, I always say I'm the first one to get yelled at. So. Yeah. Well, um I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of that, but uh, just give me a little bit about your background, kind of what you do, um, kind of uh, how you ended up here at uh, UT Knoxville. Uh, from a small town in Alabama, I uh, went to Mississippi State for golf and sports turf management. Uh, this started kind of the college, UL Lafayette at the time, but uh, yeah. dream was always being the big leagues. That was just a kind of a dream. Um, so kind of went the minor league route. Uh, and then I got to work with the Houston Astros and L.A. Dodgers and Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, and then said, you know, family-wise in L.A., I'm from obviously Alabama. So I ended up at Naples Grand Golf Club doing golf, actually. Yeah. Um, which for me, after, what, 10 years of sports turf to get back into golf. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying I was behind because I feel like grass is grass, but just the little things, bunkers, yeah. especially irrigation. Yeah. Golf course irrigation compared to ours is a big difference. Yeah. Uh, but even when I was at Mississippi State, the goal was always to hopefully have an SEC turf job. Yeah. Um, honestly, when I was in the big leagues, that was always something that was there. Yeah. Uh, and then this opportunity came up open, and I was, I guess, lucky enough to get it. Uh, it's been great. Um, this is Southeastern Conference. You know, a lot of people say it's better than NFL. Yeah. Uh, but we look as we got to be Major League Baseball in in, in NFL because of recruiting. Right. It always has to be nice. Right. So. Uh, but honestly, I don't think I could trade this job now for anything in the world. Yeah. So do you prefer this over the golf? Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot I of I know it, it's completely different in a lot of ways. It is. Um, but what I like is, uh, there's really no monotony. Yeah. Um, honestly, I could be at softball five minutes, football 10 minutes, our golf practice facility for 30 minutes. Like, so it keeps you on your toes. Yeah. But I think for me, um, I always tell my guys I'm a grass nerd. Uh, so it keeps me like updated um, at the new technologies that's coming out because again you got golf and you got artificial turf and then you also have natural grass and um, so I, I think it uh, not that golf is monotony but for my brain I think it's really good just having right. all this stuff up in the air. Yeah. So what are some of the responsibilities? I mean, do you have football, baseball, basketball? I mean, not basketball, but like a, a softball and all that. You, yes. What sir. are some of the fields? Soccer, you got it all that. Yes, sir. We have obviously Neyland Stadium, which is the big football stadium, yep. and then Haslam Field, which is three natural grass fields, and then our indoor practice facility, which is artificial turf. Um, baseball, which has just recently went to field turf. Uh, then we have softball, which is Northbridge. And then we have soccer, which is two full-length fields, old 419. Yeah. But then we have uh, all the landscape, which involves tennis and rowing. And uh, we've got five different varieties of grass at our golf practice facility. So uh, <laughs> it, it's roughly about 60 acres if you oh, put okay. everything together. Yeah. Uh, and then plus the landscape. Yeah. What's your staff like? Uh, 13 full-time. And then we'll have anywhere from – maybe 15 to 20 students, yeah. which uh, for me is great. Uh, I don't think I could have got where I got. Mississippi State allowed me to work as a student there right. on their sports turf. And uh, it's great getting to know the kids um, and then to see them grow and then they'll move on. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's really rewarding. So um, for me, I think that's kind of a difference too. Um, you know, in private golf or major league, whatever – 
you know, that's a job and that's, we got to get it done. It's got to be perfect. Where here, my biggest transformation was you're going from dealing with grown men, grown women to, I mean, these are 18 to 22 year old kids. Yeah. And you got to kind of have a little bit more patience and sure. you got to mentor it. But just to see it, maybe a, a kid, honestly, that's a kid as a freshman graduate and then four years later a superintendent it's pretty cool to watch right. and uh i've got to know him really well and, and then obviously working with our turf grass department here uh it's just a valuable resource that honestly i don't think we could do our job without sure. them. i mean uh because it there is literally the fall of the year it's every single sport we have is going at one time right um and then spring is the same thing you know that's football is practicing but that's everybody else's main right time of the year so so walk me through what a typical day for you would look like, say, in the fall of the year. Um, a typical day, you know, I guess I'll start on maybe a, a, a football game week. You know, we'll start painting on Thursdays. That's normally our, our deal. And we'll finish up on Friday. Um, but we could be at – or I guess I could be at Neyland for a little while. But then we also have fall baseball going. Okay. We've got fall softball going. We've got soccer that's their season. Um, tennis may have some stuff where we got to blow courts off. Uh, track may have some stuff that we have to get done from them, sand pits and weird stuff like that. Yeah. So um, I'm really not at one area all day, but um, painting on those days, obviously we're always, not always down there, all of us, but yeah. the majority of us are. Does that take the most uh, manpower painting yeah just because you want to be clean yeah you know it has to be precise i mean obviously everybody knows the checkboards they know the t yeah um and one thing about our fan base they're patient they're yeah. they're passionate yeah so if you mess up they're gonna let you know i All promise right. you yeah. and that's been a big adjustment too i went yeah. from trying to be behind the scenes to you know message boards have my name on it uh magazines like it that's weird for me because yeah. i'm not that type of person i like being behind the scenes nobody actually knows who i am I, yeah. I'm, I'm good with that yeah so well, they may know who you are now. They definitely <laughs> know who I am, that, which is great. Yeah. So. Well, talk. let's uh, talk about the painting of the checkerboard end zone. How, how does that process happen? How does it go? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of – there's a lot of – looks like a lot going into it, but is it really that big of a deal or is it just time-consuming? Talk a little bit about that process. Well, they're five-by-five five squares. Yeah. Um, and, and for anybody asking, they always wonder why it doesn't take up the entire end zone. Like, why are you got this five-foot yeah. ring around it? That's an NCAA rule. Sure. You can't have light colors touching the goal line. So that that's why uh, I always get that asked that question. But um, we'll paint the white on Thursday, the orange on Friday. Uh, we paint each square two directions. Um, and we'll use probably about hmm, 30 gallons per color, so 60 gallons total. Um and it takes it takes pretty much all day. It's a square that gets every square is manually picked up and painted. Like it doesn't. We'll, we'll use strings as obviously our center line. Um, but a lot of people think like once you paint the first time, you never put the squares down. Yeah. Nah, that's no. Our guys take that very very seriously. Yeah. And uh, so I mean, there's been times on Saturday they just weren't happy with it and they'll go touch it up. I mean, yeah. it, they want those to look nice. So yeah. um, it's a full day. It's a Four-person project for 16 hours. I mean, yeah. that's how you got to look at it. Now, is is a mowing part of the whole painting process? Is that How does that play into painting? Y- yes, sir. I mean, we'll uh, the stadium will get pretty much mowed during the season. Uh, probably, let's see, Monday we would skip Monday, but then Tuesday through Sunday it's getting mowed pretty much every day if we have a game week. Yeah. So, so even so even if you've painted the end zone, you'll you'll go ahead and mow right over. Yes, sir. Yeah. And we what we've learned is we used to not do that. Yeah. Um, now when we put the strings down on Thursday and Friday, it's kind of difficult. Obviously, you're not going to mow around the strings. Sure. Um, we won't mow till those till after the game on Saturday to let it grow up. Yeah. And then we mow all the paint off. Right. Um, that's your biggest thing is obviously fight paint build up. Yeah. And does that happen in the soil or just? Well, you know we've been lucky. Uh, one of my guys, Brian, he uh, he's pretty much in charge of getting make, making sure all my football stuff is done. But he's also doing his master's degree here at UT on yeah. painting. Actually, that's his dissertation, I guess, if I the word. Yeah. And uh, he's we've really learned a lot of stuff about pressures, um, paint mixtures, water, 
to where we don't get it into the soil. Sure. And the last couple of years, it's really paid off. Was our shade lines, middle of October on, are pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, we've got some areas that may get 45 minutes of sunlight, maybe. Yeah. And uh, so, obviously, nothing to constrict that grass from growing is what we've been shooting for. And, and it's really worked. Yeah. Can you say who what paint you use? Yeah, I mean, if it's okay with you, yeah, yeah. world class. I mean, nobody sponsors me yet. I got you. I feel <laughs> you. Uh, yeah, world class. Uh, we have a deal, and nobody can buy it. Nobody can buy our color. You know, we can't. Like another high school couldn't call me. They're going to get an orange. It's just not going to be our orange. Right. And that's part of so it. So you had they made it specifically for you guys. Yeah, when we uh, we recently switched to Nike, and uh, their orange is just a little bit different than Adidas orange. Right. So we actually sent them some uniforms and. They sent us four or five variations of it. We painted it and then, you know, let everybody say, hey, this is the right one. And I, honestly, the one we went with when we first painted it was the worst. But then as it dried, it literally it became better. the perfect color. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that that's interesting. So you go through, th you said 30 gallons of paint mm -hmm. per color? Yes, sir. Per game? Yes, sir. Wow, what's the what's the old paint budget like? It's on up there, yeah. let me tell you. And yeah. but the good thing is, is like when I first started here, we've probably cut that paint in half. Yeah. So obviously on the financial, it's been great. But yeah. then again, on the grass side, it's been even better. Right. So, um, you know, knowledge is key, and and we we do every you know we're like football coaches or any coach in life. At the end of the year, we'll sit down and say, you know what, we can get better in this, or right. we need to do that better than this, and. Uh, you know, one little story is it used to take 15 gallons just for the white lines. Now we paint lines, numbers, and hashes with 15 gallons. Yeah. That's a, obviously the savings is one thing, sure. but, you know, just, again, health of the grass is even better. Yeah. Is that is that getting smart, better with the technique? Is that just learning what to do's and don'ts yeah, and all that? In, in, top, in technology, honestly. Yeah. You know, the guns have gotten better, The you know, having the paint machines that you can literally see what PSI you're spraying at. Right. Um, you know, then you've got the the painters that have come from Europe, from soccer, um, that are wheel-driven. And so there's no pressure at all except the pressure you put on it yourself. Um, so, yeah, the, the, obviously technology, just like anything in the world, is getting yeah. better for us too. Yeah. You talked about the uh, the shade issues with mm -hmm. the stadium. I know for those of people that may not know, Neyland Stadium is – it's it's tall. It's tall. And it is tall. And you're you're what what's the turf type? It's Bermuda, but what you got latitude thirty six. Latitude. Yep. So it's from what I understand, it's a little better shade tolerant. Yeah, it's it's it for us. It's been a game changer. Yeah, I mean for the northern climate places. Yeah. Um, now what's funny is uh, NFL guys would probably argue with me. They love Northbridge. I have nothing against Northridge. We've just never used it on football. Yeah. But we love latitude, and it seems like colleges use latitude, NFL uses Northbridge. Yeah. So I don't really know the differences, but latitude's been a game changer for us. Yeah. So, so I, my, how does the shade issues hamper you uh, as the fall goes on? I mean, is that you seeing? A, I mean, with the latitude, it's probably better. But are mm -hmm. you seeing any still any challenges there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like again, I'm going on my hard to believe tenth year here, but. Um, Again, you go back to technologies. Some of the uh, fertilizers that we use, obviously, you know, have more of a shade program, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yep. Uh, we've been lucky. We do have one of the uh, artificial light from uh, SGL, the Stadium Grow Light guys. We, we've had one of those for, man, I don't know, five or six years. Yeah. And uh, what's funny is the latitude definitely seems to respond more than the 419 when it comes to that extra light right um so that here we got cold tolerance we got a little bit more shade tolerance and then when you add artificial light to it it just seems to respond better right you know so um you know like everything you wish you had more lights but hey we've got one and we've made it work and yeah. uh it, it's pretty nice to have that in the arsenal too yeah you're not doing any overseeding are you we do overseed but again um you know 15 years ago, 10 years ago, you know, the norm was 1,600 pounds right. total. You know, so you're looking at 20 pounds per thousand. Last year, I think we did eight. Yeah. Again, I, I do attribute that to the latitude. It's, uh, you know, being able to stay a little bit greener, a little bit longer. Right. Um, you know, it it seems that football coaches, um, ryegrass is definitely not, they're, they're not in the ryegrass fan club. Right. 
Um, so, you know, if we can reduce that, then that makes it, you know, even better for us too. Yeah. Are you doing any of the painting, the, 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 the green turf painting? Well, you know, we, we've tried our hand at it and, uh, we, we definitely got to get better. Uh, we'll all laugh about that. Um, it just seems like we, for whatever reason, we can't get our mixtures right, but you know, sometimes we'll put a pigment out there when we spray. Yeah. Um, obviously the, the uniform guys hate that. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's one of those balancing acts. Uh, you know, we'll kind of do it maybe in an off week when nobody's out there to make sure it dries really well. Yeah. Um, but I can definitely see where people talk about putting pigments out to great to get heat, to absorb more light. Um, I, I do think that works really well too. Yeah, I mean, I've, I I'm a big fan of a, a product called Geoponics, mm-hmm. um, and they and they've gotten you know they're pretty. I didn't realize how big they were in in the. Uh, Sports turf, especially right. football fields and stuff, and and uh, you know I know the the uniform is the the biggest challenge yes. issue they get, and you know, that's what they hear. I mean, it's just yeah. hard to figure out that one. But you know, I think they're working on it. I yeah. think they're getting there. But I, I I do believe that it it there's a lot more than just greening the grass, making it look a certain way. There's a lot more to it from a physiological standpoint, agronomic standpoint, that's Agreed. helping it. Absolutely. And I think it's I think um, as that technology sort of presents itself or comes along mm-hmm. it's going to be huge for you and, and i agree i mean when we've got green grass in the middle of december yeah you know and we're, we're not covering you yeah. know and then i can go up on haslam that's now granted you know down in the stadium it is a little bit more protected you know the the, the concrete itself is going to absorb heat during the day right but still when it's green and then every, literally everything from my house to here is dormant yeah. and then you walk out there and you're like man this is green right it, yeah, there's something to it. Yeah. You know, we've we've learned too. You can't start in October. You know, we'll we'll start in September putting out the pigment just to get it in the leaf. Sure. But yeah, no doubt, it, yeah. it's uh, it really works. Yeah. So, so you mentioned you don't cover. You don't cover the stadium at all, or we do, will. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we will. But um, you know, covers have gotten better. I yeah. mean, we've got some covers that you know everybody has a frost blanket or a heat blanket or or whatever, and um, you know. I gotta be honest. Ours is cheap. Ours is like strawberry fabric, <laughs> and I'm looking for heat. Yeah, you know, uh, and it. But we've been lucky. We haven't knock on wood with the latitude. It seems to take some colder temperatures and keep on rolling. Yeah, you know, we're 419 got dinged pretty hard. Oh sure. You know, and you're playing on CBS the next week. You know, we did cover a lot more, but uh, we will when it gets really cold. But I honestly, I think it's just so we can go home and sleep. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. Uh, <laughs> Um, so like as, as, as a golfer, like, um, you know, we have our, you know, our biggest tournament of the year might be, you know, our, you know, the, the, the professional golf tournament we're hosting or, or as a superintendent, you know, we, we've got these big things, mm-hmm. but you know, you do so many other things, mm-hmm. but is Neyland stadium, like the one thing that you get scrutinized or, or is that, is that like, if that's not right, that's the end of the world kind yeah, of thing. I mean, much, yeah. I mean, you know, cause I mean, we're let's face it, we're at a big time college and yeah. and on TV every week. Right. You know, I gotta I imagine that's probably where your pressure points at. No doubt. Um, obviously, Southeastern the uh, SEC network uh, has changed everybody because you know baseball, softball, track, uh, football, they're all on. Yeah. So, but obviously, Neyland is the one that you're going to get 102,000 people on one Saturday, and then who knows how many are actually watching it. You know, it'll take 10 years for baseball to do 100,000 people, you know. Right. But, um, yeah, and two, you know, I'm a Mississippi State grad, and, you know, I've always told people growing up in Alabama, like, I understood college football, like, okay, I understand it. The fan base passion here is incredible, yeah. and they don't really expect that field to ever look bad. You know, it's 52 weeks a year, which we're recruiting, and you don't ever want to look bad. But, man, just what people will do to take a picture of that stadium is – I mean, I've seen them fall off fences, jump fences, go under fences, and, you know, I'm like, that's two acres of grass. Like, yeah. why are you trying to kill yourself? Right. And so it's just pressure to have it always nice. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. You think – I, I was going to say, you think they'd have – if they had a better football team out there, then it would be <laughs> – but, uh, you know, I, 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 I kid. I mean, I know – I know. Yeah, you, I've always been lean. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, you know, and, and that's – I'm an Alabama fan. I understand. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just taking a shot. I but. grew up 45 minutes. I, <laughs> I, I understand. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
No, I'm yeah. If we were really good, the, honestly, I think it'd be worse. Yeah. Um, does losing make everything bad? Of course it does. I mean, yeah. it. You know, they're going whatever. It, yeah. The hot dogs aren't good. The right. coke wasn't cold enough. My seat was dirty. Yeah. Everybody's frustrated. But um, one thing I can say is, you know, the administration has never said no to anything. So when you feel like you got all the tools, then it is. You know, it's it's okay. Yeah. You know. So, so how is the um How's your equipment situation? Do you have who? Do you stick with a particular provider? Do you have everything you need? How's that working? Yeah, out I mean, we 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 were lucky. Um, we obviously bid it out. You know, we're state sure. deal. But John Deere uh, got our the package, and uh, they've been really good. Um, so I would say we have everything we need. You know how it goes. You always wish you had this or that, oh, sure. but it's a one time thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, yeah, I think uh, from the golf course all the way to, you know, softball, yeah, I think we're, we're pretty well set, yep. Yeah. How, what's, what would you say is the biggest challenge you, you have as far as taking care of everything? Hmm. Well, I, I think it's the internal fight between coaches and grass guys. Yeah. You know, that they have to practice. Like, that's, that's how they make their living, and then – you know, it's our job to make sure it's okay. Um, but there's days that, you know, you've had three inches of rain and five hours and they want to go out there and yeah. you're like, man, wait, this is going to really tear up the place. But, you know, again, it's, I guess it's job security. Yeah. Um, you know, baseball and softball being dirt, that's a neat, well, baseball, I guess not now, but when we had dirt at both places, that was rough, yeah. uh, you know, cause they're, they're going to get out there and then you're trying to get the dirt ready and stuff like that. So, yeah. I think it's their expectation and our expectation and them understanding that we're not fighting them. Yeah. We see three weeks down the road when they literally are seeing today and you're like, right. coach, if you tear it up today, man, three weeks from after all the schedule we're looking at, you're not going to have anything left. And, right. and I think that's the biggest struggle. How much communication do you have with the coaches as far as, you know, planning and scheduling? Because if you're anything like me, you're not just looking at today. Like right. you said, you're, you got, I got to look at this mm -hmm. schedule and make Amen. all these adjustments because, you know, you know as well as I do, you you might have something that looks good on paper, but then all of a sudden you get right. a thunderstorm come through mm -hmm. and you got to adjust. So how much do you communicate with them? How much of that adjust? How much do you know ahead of time? You know, how's that sort of play out? You know, I've been lucky. Um, some would say it's probably too much communication with the head coaches, um, but it's a lot. I mean, it's uh, – with, with everybody I have, I feel like if I really need to just go knock on the door, they'd be like, hey, come on in, you know. Yeah. And I, I think in a lot of places they may not have that. Um, they'll hear you out, and, you know, you'll say, hey, coach, I'm trying to get this scheduled. You know, what are we looking for in September? And they, they're really good about, you know, giving it to me so we can make any adjustments. So, I mean, I would say from a 1 to 10, I would say it's probably like 8.5 or 9. Yeah. So it, it's really good. I mean, I think – I think – to me, in your your position, the communication has got to be uh, yeah, it over is. the it's top crucial. good. It is, yeah. Because, I mean, you've got, you got things you need to do and accomplish mm -hmm. and adjust and do, and they got their, you know, what right. they got to do. And so. And that's been my biggest adjustment personally. Yeah. Uh, in professional sports, they're so regimented. Like, we knew 2.30 was this, 3.30 was that, 4.30. They were never really going to have anything before 2.30. Yeah. So you got in your rhythm, too. Well, here – because of class schedules, you know, they may have to have four kids practice at 10, and then the rest of the team is from 3.30 on, you know. So, you know, I had to do a better job when I first started here because I was so regimented and being like, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> These are still student athletes. They've got class. Like, you, you're going to have to make this adjustment. They can't. I mean, there's yeah. just no – I mean, they got to graduate. Yeah. And so um, it took me probably about a year to kind of, you know, come to realization – uh, you got to make a change too. So, um, and, and the thing is, is we understand they're trying to get better. Yeah, and we all want to win. So, yeah, I, I mean, I could only imagine that you know you're you just all the different balls you got to juggle mm -hmm. and all the different things. You know, it's probably you know I, I asked what a typical day for you is like, and you probably hard to even put that into words. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, you know, um, but uh, so. What do you – you said that the – what was it, the baseball field just went to field turf? Yes, they did. What was the reasoning behind that, just to be able to get on it more? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the, we've had a lot of uh, high school kids be able to come and 
play when maybe they normally wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Um, again, and, and what you're doing is you're pushing your, your university. You know, yeah. you're getting kids on campus. They get to see the experience. They get to enjoy Knoxville when they might be from Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. You know, um, when other schools, it might be too cold. It might be too rainy. It may be whatever. We can roll on out there and they can get out there. And um, it hurt, uh, I, I, you know, that when we went to it because we had a really good surface. Um, but, again, we all want to win. Yeah. You know, you got to put your pride in your back pocket sometimes and be, hey, this is the best for everybody. Right. May not agree with it. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter. That's not why I'm here, you know. So we went from trying to be the best grass surface we could to trying to maintain the best artificial turf surface we could, yeah. you know, by the groomings and whatever. And and um, I just feel like that's why we're here. Yeah. So, Was that a learning curve for you? Or oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, big time. Um, Just, hey, when do you broom it? Hey, when do you groom it? Hey, when do you add crumb rubber? Hey, when do you add sand? When do you, you know, it's all those different variables. Yeah. yeah. Were you involved with like the installation process at yeah, all? Oh, yeah. And did yeah. y'all did y'all contract that out or? Did you yeah. Um, Carolina Green out of Charlotte, North Carolina, kind of does all our construction stuff, and you know, again, it, it's always evolving. You know, and yeah. we design it with the thought of maybe we'll go grass one day. We may not. Yeah. But let's go ahead and at least plan for it. Uh, if we stick with turf for the next thirty years, we're okay with that too. Sure. Um, but so yeah, that was a great learning curve. You know, it was, we were able to take out a field that hadn't been touched in what, 20, 25 years and basically blow it up and start over. Right. And, but you know, being a person that's only been here 10 with a field that's 25, you didn't know where everything was. Well, now I know where everything is, which right. is awesome, you know, right. for me. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a learning curve, but even construction is a learning curve when you're trying to build an artificial turf field in December, January. You know, that, that makes for some hairy days too, you yeah. know, uh, to get done for February. Yeah. So on the, uh, do you have guys who are specifically in charge of the dirt? You know, is that mm -hmm. kind of all they do is the dirt for the baseball field and stuff? And cause I know that's a, that's kind of an art. In it itself. is. Yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, that's what I did uh, yeah. in the, you know, major leagues for the most part. And, um, yeah, I have it structured to where there's basically a lead person for every sport. Uh -huh. Um, because again, I'm, I'm everywhere, sure. and I want that coach to at least have a face to go through, except for, not me. You know, if I'm in a meeting with this coach and this coach needs me, well, I'm kind of doing a disservice to that head coach. Right. But if I have somebody who's with them every single day, they get that comfort level to where, especially weather, like weather is their big thing. Well, they don't have time to look for weather, you know, so they'll, they'll message those guys or call those guys or get a hold of me, and that's just a reassurance to them because there's somebody always there. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, that's what I tell the, the students when they come through here. In our job, I think a lot of times if, if we're visual, if people see you when, you, when a mistake is made, they kind of, well, hey, it was a mistake. Like, because you're always there. Right. You're always seen. But if you're never seen and something happens, well, then you're lazy. You're not doing your job. Right. And that's what I tell them, you know. So when I first started here, that was one of the bigger adjustments because, they just had it to where certain people went certain places, but it was every other day a different person. Right. Well, then when mistakes are made, they're, hey, I didn't do it. Well, Joe did it. No, Bob did it. No, yeah. Clarence. You know, I had nobody to really go to either, and I right. was like, this just isn't working. So. Yeah. You mentioned about recruiting, and mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people won't realize this, but you have to basically have everything looking pretty good all the time. Yes. For the most part. So talk a little bit about how that plays into your job and – maybe the scheduling because I asked you about what a typical day and the, you know, when you're having games and all mm -hmm. that, but even in the middle of the summer, like we're in July, I mean, yes, you, you, I bet the field's yes pretty much game shape. Yes. Because this is our camp season. Yeah. So you're going to get your what 12 to 16 year old kid that are sophomores, freshmen. Yeah. Legally you can't recruit them, but their team's going to come here and do a camp, do a workout, do a whatever. And you don't want to be junk. You know, you don't want them to have an impression of their head when they leave, like going to New Mexico. Man, Tennessee, that, that place was kind of a dump, yeah. you know, because we're our, the first representation for them. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it makes maintenance a little bit difficult. Uh, you try to do stuff the right way, but if there's a camp on the weekends, you know, we try to get everything done in the beginning of the week. So by the time they get here on Friday, everything's nice again. Right. Um, you know, and that goes to overseeding. That goes to spraying out the overseed to 
fertilizing to vertical mowing to air fine, you know, it, it's you're always in a fishbowl because they may not know that this guy's coming or this gal's coming, but they may be going from Kentucky to Auburn and they'll just stop in here to see the place and nobody even knew they were coming. Right. And uh, you can't tell them no. I mean, you're not going to tell a four or five star kid, no, I don't think you can come by because they're vertical mowing. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's where communication with the recruiting department, uh, those liaisons too, uh, that's where it's become great for me because they know that we're trying to get the fields better for them. They don't want to get in our way, but then they know we don't want it to be a mess when that certain person comes through the gate either. Yeah. So, I I I I heard you talk about that before, and and I'm I really think that that's critical because, you know, like you said with um, you know pros and you know that that's just a different deal. Whereas right. it, with you guys in, in the college, especially big time college. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's another added dimension of just what to do and take care of. It's like, man, you want to break at some point, but yes. you don't get that break much. No, no. <laughs> you know, I learned that if I don't take a break, there's not a break, Yeah, um, which is very difficult for me. But really the only break you get is kind of over Christmas break. Yeah. But if you go to a bowl game, you don't even get that break because right. they're, they're still practicing. They're still right. doing their thing too. So um, it's definitely a 365, 52-week job. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Um because every sport is trying to get better. They're trying to recruit. And just because we're in football season don't mean softball stopping. Right. During the spring, don't mean football stopping. So, yeah, it, uh, it's definitely a juggling act. Yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 keep, I keep hammering about just the, all the different fa- facts. Because, like, as a golf course superintendent, we have so many moving parts. Like, sure. got to mow greens, got to mow mm-hmm. tees. You know, we got all these different things. And, and that's just, you know, so one golfer can enjoy uh, a round of golf. You got football, baseball, you know, this and that. I'm like, man, I mean, yeah. and, and everything's different. Everything's mm-hmm. kind of structured differently. I don't even know. How, how would you, like, go about scheduling, like, big maintenance operations? Do you have to schedule that way in advance? Does that have to be something like airification, for instance? You know, something that's going to take a, mm-hmm. you know, do some damage, you got to put it back. How, sure. You, I mean. Yeah, that, we, we try to get their camp schedules as early as we can. Yep. We try to get their practice schedules, obviously, as early as we can. Um we we all know – I mean, we're all control freaks, let's be honest. And I think grass people are just control freaks in general. Yeah. I, I really do. Um, so, to me, okay, there's my variables, right? So, now I can control everything. Right. And you just try to basic on, hey, this campus this week, we'll do softball this week. Okay, we'll do practice fields this week. We'll do soccer next week. But you still try to get in a rotation to where everything is getting done as many times as you feel is necessary. Right. But then you let them know, too. You know, hey, don't put a surprise camp on this day because this is what we're doing. And that's why they've learned now, like, if we can get this stuff to them as soon as we can, then the hardships and the ugly looks go away because, yeah. like, you, this wasn't on the schedule. Or, hey, you didn't schedule this verification. Um, and, and that way it's just it, – it looks better on everybody. There's no grief or anything. So. Yeah. Well, I know that's how I would do it. You know, you plan year in advance, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I got this week to do verification, but all of a sudden, you know, I got a tropical storm coming through. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, oh no. Yes. You know, in golf, I might be able to adjust. You got, you got to adjust for camps or a yes. game or something. And you know, look, you might have a surprise like team that wants to work out, and they'll come to me. Like, hey, man, we really need these guys to be able to. Okay, well, we'll just push it back to tomorrow. Yeah. You know, there are sometimes that. You know, what's good for you is good, and what's good for the grass is the other. And sometimes yeah. that, that, that one right there is just good for me. Like, yeah. We'll just have to put the field off for a day. Yeah. Um, but, again, going back to, the, you know, you asked about the equipment. Now we have the equipment to get it done in a timely manner. Yeah. And that's been a big factor for us, too. You know, you're not moving equipment. You're not, hey, man, I need to borrow this, or, hey, I need to maybe call a golf course and get this. You know, I pretty much have it now to where – Every facility has what they need, yeah. and let's go. You know, If we need to double up on equipment, we can do that too. So that has been a huge difference for us. Yeah. Do you have one central facility, like a maintenance facility that you work out of, or is there several? Every facility has their own place, which is kind of unusual to be honest. Yeah. Um, we've been to a lot of SEC schools that it is a central barn, if that's what you want to use, or facility. But here, like Neyland Stadium – the staff is there. Lindsey Nelson, which is baseball, we're there. Softball and soccer, they're there. 
So uh, that makes transportation a lot better too. Oh, that, I would imagine that. Now, what in proximity to all those different stadiums? That that part of it because they're maybe not close together or. Yeah, see, softball and soccer, are, they're kind of like their own little island. Right. Um, you know, it's more on the river where everything else is inside the, the campus. Uh, you know, baseball and, and Haslam, our softball – or, uh, sorry, football practice facility, they're right across the street from each other. Right. And then you've got Neyland down the road. But you can drive them more. It's not a big deal. Right. Um, what uh, – so what are, what are some of the you, – you got a new golf facility, or is that new, or is it, it – it, um, how long has it been there? Man, now that you bring that up, uh, we were finishing in my first year, so I guess it's ten years old. Oh now. wow! Because yeah. I, I, for some reason, I, I was on the board and <sighs> the superintendents, y'all were building it when I, mm-hmm. and that could have been about ten years ago. Yes, sir. So, what do you got going on over there? Uh, well, we we've got uh, let me think here, two varieties of Bermuda grass greens, yeah. uh, Sunday and uh, Mini Verde, and then we've got uh, three varieties of bent grass. I think two of them never came to market, to be quite honest. They're just numbers, and I yeah. I don't even sit here and lie to you. that I don't remember them. Uh, but it's a three-hole facility, and then we've got two practice greens, and then, you know, a big, obviously, uh, tee box. And then we're finishing up a humongous clubhouse. Should be finished here probably in the week or two, that they get to move in with heating bays and – uh, that way, when it does snow, uh, right. you know they they won't miss a beat, which is which is going to be great great for them. Now, is that that's specifically for the golf team? Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. And then, and then you said three holes, three golf holes. Is that? Oh. Yeah, it's a it's a par four, par five, par three. Nice. Yeah, but they play it from. <laughs> it's kind of weird sometimes when they're trying to get their team qualified for whatever the week. You know, they'll have a tee over here, and you're like. Okay, well, that hole became from 400 yards to 650, you know, because yeah. they can hit it four miles. But right. um, it, it's right across the river. They, they can get to it easily, and, yeah, it's just for them. Yeah, and you and who, who who's in charge of that? Mark Gossett. He's my golf course superintendent over there. Mark. Yeah, yeah. does a great job. I had never seen it. I'd like to check it out. I'm coming yeah, back up for field day. I'm going to okay. try to make my way oh, around. Absolutely, that'd that. be great, so yeah. I'm doing a uh, – I'm broadcasting the podcast from – field day next month okay so, awesome yeah so I'll, I'll be around and make it a sneak a peek at it yeah, no doubt absolutely so what's the season uh shaping up for you like y'all feeling pretty good about it yeah i think so um just seeing the difference in what, a little bit over a year year and a half now of coach Pruitt. um it uh strength conditioning they they do look like a different team yeah. but I feel like I've told people this. I feel like they're a team too. You can tell yeah. the guys really enjoy each other, and, and I'm not saying they didn't like each other before. Uh, it's just a little bit different, you know, different right. camaraderie. Just because I mean, I think running in 114 degree heat is probably going to bring teammates together, sure. and it, and they do. They they bust their behind. I mean, there's many a day we're like, man, I know we're out here fixing an irrigation leak or what, but we're not running. You know, yeah. we're not running 50 100s or whatever they're doing. So, <laughs> you know. They get after it, um, and you can just tell you they're hungry, which yeah. is good. I mean, for us. Are you around them when you're when they're warming up, or do you happen to you know? I'm sure you're probably checking fields or whatever, and they're yeah. doing their thing. So it's funny, you know. Since I've gotten here, and I, I can't really explain why this has happened, but for some reason, I've gotten to know all the special team guys, the deep snappers, the field goal kickers, the punters. Yeah. Don't know why that's happened. I have no idea. But literally, for the ten years I've been here. I've known every kicker, every deep snapper, and it's just like they'll game days they'll be yelling at me or practice days or whatever, you know, they'll be ribbing me, hey, this spot sucks or this, yeah. that, and then I'll, yes, because of you, you don't move. Yeah. Okay, I got you. you know, that's always the joke. But, um, yeah, you get to know the kids. I mean, watching them grow, too, as an athlete is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody sees them on television like, hey, man, that guy acts this way or this way or that way, and, you know, I think about it. I'm 44. I know what the media is like for me. I can only imagine as an 18-year-old. I mean, I, there's no way. I, you know, yeah, you dropped a touchdown, and you literally you got Vol Nation mad at you. Right. And you're 19. You know, growing up, we didn't have social media. Yeah. You know, if, if you wanted to pop off somebody, you had to do it to their face. Well, now anybody on a keyboard can do say whatever they want, oh, and, and that is tough. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I've had to learn my lessons about social media just, you know, you I've always heard, you know, coaches, well, I don't pay attention. I don't read it. I don't, I know where they're coming from. You just turn it off. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not a big social media guy. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm kind of mouthy sometimes, so to save my job, it's better for me not to be on it. Because a lot of times you want to defend your your guys too. Yeah. You know, they don't know everything. You know, they don't know, hey, we practiced in Neyland Stadium on Wednesday and had a game on Saturday. You know, that's not my job. My job is not to go out to the world and say, well, hey, the reason this does this is because of this. That's right. not my job. My job is to get it ready. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's going to throw their employer under the bus. You're probably not going to be there very long. So why am I going to tell anybody, hey, we're practicing? They don't want you to – they don't want anybody else to know. Why am I going to go out and broadcast it just to save my behind? Right. But that's a hard lesson, too, because <laughs> you want to defend yourself, right? Yeah. Like you – okay, man, this guy just said – well, I can't say anything. And that's tough. Yeah. But at the end of the day um, – you know, I feel like I'm I'm protecting UT because, yeah, maybe we practice inside for whatever reason. They have their reasons. Yeah. I may not understand it, but, again, we're here to help – to have the best facility possible, safe, and win. And yeah. that's why we're here. So, Do you do you have any involvement with the media? You mentioned a little bit about it. Do they ever put a microphone in your face, get you to yeah. say yeah. anything? Yeah, and, and for me, honestly, that's been the biggest adjustment. Uh, in pro baseball, I might have had – three interviews in 12 years. Yeah. I may have in August when we start off, I might have four in a day. That's weird for me. Like, right. you know, again, I'm behind the scenes guy. I don't, you know, in pro ball, I've always been told by my, you know, coming up that if they know your name, it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, there's something wrong. Yeah. And, uh, here it's just because they're so passionate. Right. They want to know the, the Gatorade guy, the field guy, the head coach, <laughs> you know, the the backup weed eat guy, yeah. they're going to know them. That's just – that's them. Yeah. I mean, and it's – again, it was a hard adjustment, but the, at the end of the day, you know, passion is a good thing. It will drive you. I mean, yeah. there's days that, you know, you're like, man, I, okay, well, I got 102,000 people that don't care. Like, right. You got to go get it done. Yeah. So. Do, you, do you have to be present in every game? Uh, you know, I used to, yeah. uh, but now, you know, football, obviously baseball due to weather, yeah. there's a lot of weather stuff. Uh, I got to admit football. I do, uh, the other sports, it'll be random weekends or whatever, but my staff is so good. And, um, me personally, I feel like a lot of times I get in their way Yeah, and I don't ever want to do that. I, you know, with their staffs. You know, they're going to have two or three full-time guys, but then the rest is going to be made up of students. And, and they get confused on who to listen to. Sure. And those those people, they're, you know, 12 hours a day, every day. I'm not. Right. And so it it not it led to weirdness sometimes because, you know, maybe I look at it this way and my head guy for here would want to do it this way. And I have the attitude sometimes and, appearance that i'm a control freak which i am i'm not gonna lie to you <laughs> but they're so good about well we're gonna do it his way because he's here right and that bothered me sometimes like no it's your deal because i may leave in 45 minutes like you need to do it your way and so if i remove myself then that makes yeah. it easier well i think it's probably wise too yeah. you know to, to handle it that way i mean they need to be listening to the guy they're talking to every right. day. And you Amen. just kind of, you know, just kind of there for support. Yes. I mean, yeah. And, and two, if you think about it, though, I'd probably be at, oh boy, 200 events a year. Yeah. You couldn't do that. No. Because, yeah. they, you know, they don't work. You know, baseball is not going to go work softball or vice versa. Right. Um, so, if I did that, I'd be like, oh, boy. If, if, so. Yeah. So, in 10 years, you've got to have at least one good story about something that's happened on a field or some some something that uh, you know, sprinkler head went off. Something funny that uh, good old good old backstory nobody nobody yeah. seen or heard. Uh, I think it was Coach Jones's first year here. Uh, we were playing Kentucky in basketball, so it was their big 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 recruiting weekend. And I think of the maybe fifteen kids that came that weekend. I think we got like thirteen of them committed, but we had a freak snowstorm Friday night, and they called me and said, you got to get the snow off. Like, you've got to get it off. We're, we're eating dinner after the basketball game. you got to get this off. And I'm like, okay. You know, I'm a southern guy. I mean, I've worked in California and L.A., like, you know, Lafayette, Louisiana. Like, getting snow off is not in my repertoire here, yeah. you know. Uh, got everybody up Saturday morning early, and, you know, we got here, and, you know, everybody's like, well, maybe we run the irrigation. 
Well, we tried that. Yeah, that didn't work real well. So, you know, in a three-hour time span, we got it all removed, all the all the snows removed. But then when we removed the snow, we realized, hey, it took all the paint away. Uh, so we literally painted Neyland Stadium in like 35 minutes. Uh, I think we had like six paint machines going. I mean, it was organized chaos. But when they walked in, everything was done. And it looked pretty. And, and like I said, it worked yeah. out because I think we got like 13 of the 15. So yeah. I'm not saying it's because of feel. I would never say that. But at the end of the day, you do feel like, man, I was kind of part of that. Yeah. So. And, and you know, I I get it that that's, that's your personality to make it right and do mm-hmm. it, you know, because, you know, they said get the snow off. You could have just done that and been done with it. But, sure. you know, you're not – you know that this is going to lead to better recruitment for the, the school, better opportunity. You know, they right. may – there may or may not have been anybody say anything to you after that. I don't know right. from that story, but, you know, I, I know from just talking to you, that's your sort of personality. I think that probably bleeds down to all the guys yeah. underneath you, you know. Yeah. And, and I'm lucky. I mean, yeah. um, <clears throat> we've had some, you know, some guys retire, and unfortunately a couple of guys have passed away early on us. Um, so I've got a bunch of young guys that, you know, they were students here. Yeah. Um, so they were my students when I started, and they know my personality. And uh, it's funny to see sometimes my personality in them. Yeah. And then the students, like, three or four years into it, like, my personality. And I and I joke that you've picked up my personality because you don't want to hear me. <laughs> like, you know what makes me tick. Like, right. look, dude, don't do that. It's going to make you mad. Or, hey, man, you do that. So yeah. That's going to make you really happy. Um, and, and I think that's been the, the biggest comfort is, uh, again, just seeing guys grow up and get married and, you know, they stay here and uh, – just enjoy being around them because, you you know, if you think about it, a lot of times you're with them more than you are your family. Right. And we become family. Right. Now, it may be dysfunctional sometimes, you know. All but families got that. A- a- amen. You know, you got that Uncle Clarence or whatever. Yeah. But one thing I really enjoy about them uh, is either passion for UT football or UT in general probably, but they're all perfectionists too. Yeah. Now, it may be in a different way than may like I may be perfect this way and they may be perfect that way, but then you put it all together, it, it's a really solid team and um, you know we don't have a whole lot of dysfunction now, which is which is pretty good. But yeah, I think we're all perfectionists at heart. I really do. Well, I think you got to be. I mean, you guys got uh, you know. I've always kind of equated sports turf, and this may be the wrong analogy, but you know, in golf, I mean, we can kind of get away with fringes looking kind of fringe, you mm-hmm. know, but. In sports turf, everything needs to be, you know, perfect. I mean, you're yep. dealing with uh, defined boundaries, baseball mm-hmm. or football or soccer or whatever, and you want those to look playable. You know, you don't want to have an issue where someone might, you know, there's one hole and, you know, somebody's going to find it and bust an ankle. That's right. You know, or the, the center line of the football field doesn't look great, so you want to fit. You know, there, there's all these kind of things you want to be perfect, and if you're not, you know, I, you know, I would take care of 30 acres of fairways, but not 30 acres needed to look great. Right. You know, you got two acres of a football field and not an inch of it needs to look that's out right. of place, you know. And, and there's no doubt that's the biggest difference. Yeah. You know, a golfer, you know, they'll let you dry spot in the fairway. They're going to overlook that. Right. Now, half your green dead, you got problems. Sure. You know, and so I equate it to PGA greens every week. Like That's what everybody judges, right, because that's all they show. Like, yeah. oh, you know, hey, hole 13, look how pretty it is. Yeah, that's us every day. You know, yeah. we're a two-acre green that has that with three hundred-pound athletes or, you know, softball players or whatever running around on it. You know, because we, you know, most of our own heights are around a half inch to three quarters. So, um, you know, they're going to take abuse. But yeah. then, that's the funny thing is like people forget. Hey, they just played a game last Saturday, or they just played a game yesterday, or it rained for twelve hours of that game, and but we're playing tomorrow. Why does it look so bad? Like, really? There is no – it looks bad. That, that's just not acceptable. Right. So. so what other – do you have outdoor, like, other non-campus-related activities that you got to deal with? Maybe concerts or – I don't know. I mean, I'm – No, we've only had, like, one – let me think. Two outside events on Neyland since I've been here. Um, you know, it's – I don't know if it'll change with the new alcohol rule that, you know, we're able to sell alcohol now yeah. on campus uh, – but with that being said, people always look at it, it's Neyland Stadium too, yeah. so you got to respect it. Yeah. Uh, baseball, we've had a couple things here and there. Soccer, we've had a couple things, but we don't really, we haven't really had any of the the major things yet. Right. But I think it's coming. Yeah. 
I, I, I just noticed, you know, like being from Nashville, I mean, it seems like those guys ha- at Titan yeah. Stadium have something all the time. All the time. All I mean, the time. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yes. I couldn't, I couldn't, I'd pull my hair out. Yeah. I, I got to be, I don't know how they do it. Um, you know, I guess in their heart, you know, they, a lot of the administration and players, they don't see it after the aftermath. So it's yeah. like, whatever. We're right. here again, you know, you got, we're in the middle of a campus. Everybody gonna see everything, yeah. you know, and I think not. And I'm not taking definitely not taking anything from them, right? But to be able to have an event, and then you just rip it out, and then two weeks later you shot it for another event. I don't know how they do it either. I really don't. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I would, I would assume it's a completely different animal than what mm-hmm. you're dealing with. It, you know, and I, and I probably there's a lot going on as far as how it's tied into the city and some mm-hmm. of the taxpayer money and what right. goes on there and right. how to make money. But it's a. It's just head scratcher. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, when I worked, I worked for the Birmingham Barons back in the day, and they they played high school football out there, so I had to do the transition, you know, baseball, football, football, baseball, and you know, there was one time that we had a high school football game on Friday, but then we had a Southern League playoff game on Saturday. And you're like, man, y'all couldn't move that to the high school? Like, <laughs> come on, guys. We're, I'm yeah. only talking about one Friday. Right. But no, and it, it is what you said. It was taxpayer. The taxpayers didn't understand. Like, why is that stadium only used 70 days of the year? We need to get our return on our investment right. of tax money. Yeah. So that was the thing. It was like, hey, we're going to get the SEC tur- baseball tournament, and we're going to let Hoover football play there. Right. Uh, so, yeah. I've been there, done that. And, you know, Pro Beach, we had a Pro Beach volleyball event in the middle of the season. Yeah. That was not cool, uh, you know, because take up 100 tons of sand. It's going to be dead, you yeah. know, but we played the next night. And, yeah, I, I, you know, Major League Baseball, we'd have, always have concerts. And, you know, you end on a Sunday and start on a Monday. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't miss those days. I really don't. Yeah. Do you do? Do you get into a lot of reciting of Neyland Stadium? Or, or is that – are you on a rotation or how does that – Well, we used to. And – um you know, the question has always been why. You know, yeah. why Why are you doing this? Like, why are you doing this? Well, it goes back to recruiting. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they didn't want a kid to go to LSU and it'd be perfect, go to Florida, be perfect, and then us be in the middle of a transition. So they were like, it needs to be perfect. Uh, coach Pruitt comes in. You know, he's an ex-high school football coach, uh, and he he really know he's pretty educated on grass. And yeah. he said, look, to have a better playing surface, we've got to let it grow in. You know, we got to let it mature. You're not going to have a mature field if you're replacing it every single year. Right. So this year he allowed us to grow it in. Uh, literally could not be any happier about it. Have we had to do a couple of spots here? I mean, we're doing some actually today, but it goes back to summer camp, them being able to work out on it. And, you know, we just kind of make the decision, you guys stay in this area, yeah. you rip it up this summer, and then we'll replace it right before camp. But yeah. uh, we have in the past um, – you know, I told everybody some, and some. There were some days I feel like a glorified carpet layer. You know, it's like, man, this great surface, and then we're gonna rip it up in a month. It's like, what are we doing? But right. now it's, you know, to see the reward, especially at Neyland, uh, it, it's really nice. It grew in just fine, and we did some summer camps down there, and you couldn't even tell they'd been down there. So we're really excited how the season's, well, heading into the season, I guess. Yeah. Well, I I, I know it's gonna be great, man. I, I tell you. Um... Uh, I was born in Birmingham. You sound like you grew up in Alabama. Are yep. you an Alabama fan? I think we talked about this a way, yeah. way back. So you yeah, I grew keep up, that on the down low. Right well, now? it's funny. Yeah, I grew up, you know, an hour from Tuscaloosa, right on the Mississippi-Alabama state line. Yeah. Uh, went to Alabama for two years. Was going to do forensic science. And uh, honestly, I, my dad's a forester, and our next-door neighbor was a forester. And yeah. I said, man, I, I like being outside. I don't like being inside. And – so I originally went to Mississippi State to be a forester, and my dad was like, Darren, I think in the next 10 years we're going to be buying more wood from China than we would the United States. I don't see this profession being very good for you. Well, he turned out to be absolutely right, and uh, I just got a summer job at a golf course. I mean, yeah. I was, it was the Naval Air Station in Meridian. I'm not going to lie, probably we'd eat it about 97% of that summer, driving 45 minutes one way or whatever, but absolutely loved it you know, being outside, the grass or whatever. And uh, went to, when I got to state, I, I met Dr. Goatley, um, enjoyed it. And I said, you know, I think turf's going to be – I think that's where I want to be. So, yeah, uh, everybody laughs. I'm from Alabama and went to Mississippi State. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. 
That's all right. Well, no. I, uh, you playing any golf? I do not. I am a humongous duck hunter, though. The winter is my time. Like I said, that's go. kind of the – I'm a big duck hunter. So uh, fishing, obviously, I don't get to do a lot of it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I got two black labs, and we, we love to go duck hunting when it starts up. Where do you go? Uh, right outside of West Memphis, Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, a little town called Earl, Arkansas. And uh, just got some good buddies, of course. Now, they're all big UT fans. Don't get me wrong, but they understand when I'm there. We we ain't talking football. We ain't talking sports because, right. I mean, I live it. You know, yeah. I, and I get it. I, and, it, look, they're fans, and, you know, there'll be times, that, you know, they'll just ask a question, like, hey, you know, how's the team looking or whatever. But for the most part, they're like, we know you're here to decompress from it. Sure. And, you know, we're going to kind of not worry about it for right now. So Yeah. I went to school at Martin over in UT. Okay. And so – I got, you get roped into duck hunting when you're sure in West you do. Tennessee. Absolutely, you do. And so for yeah, I have fraternity brothers and got into it for better part of college and a little bit after. I that's a fun sport. Yes. I, I mean, to the point where like if I didn't if I didn't enjoy golf so much, I'd get into duck hunting yeah. and fishing. Well, I tell people that I said don't get started duck hunting because yeah. once you do, it's addicting. And yeah. It, uh, you know, some wives aren't real happy about it. Mine's an accountant, so we we have our ba- battles sometimes. You know, yeah. it's like, you need more decoys? Well, I probably don't need new ones, but sure yeah. would be, you know, just. Uh, but that's honestly, when I uh, when I get home, I got a 12-year-old little one that she loves to dance. And, you know, everybody's like, how does that work for you? She's a dancer. Well, she's not in sports either. Right. So, you know, I get to enjoy her. I don't have to worry about coaching. I don't have to worry about well, hey, man, the grass is bad, or hey, the dirt's wet. You know, I know that's not coming. I can't help fix a hardwood floor. Right. Uh, but they understand that, you know, November through January, that, you know, it's good for me just to get away yeah. for everybody. So, Well, I I, I will say this. I, I My experience with duck hunting has always been pretty high end, and, yeah. and it's amazing. It I've is. I've been in some pl- ground, was watching – Direct TV in the yeah, middle. Yeah, oh of yeah, now there's some nice ones. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, like five star breakfasts. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I, yeah. No, we're not that. I promise you. We're <laughs> like the cinnamon rolls out of the Seven Eleven that's been there for four years, yeah. and uh, you know we we you know we're in an in ground pit, obviously, and it's cold and wet. And I yeah. I literally love every second of it. I you know those guys like you're a machine out here. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's cold. It's probably freaking snowing in Knoxville. There ain't nothing going on. There's yeah. no worries. You know, it's like the only time I can kind of decompress and, and not have anything to worry about. So, you know, you don't have coaches calling you because they're all gone too. Sure. So, Well, man, I, I appreciate it. I I, uh, I appreciate your time and sitting down. It's been an hour already. It goes by super fast. Wow, it is hard to believe, yeah. And, um, you know, uh, continued success up here. Uh, and uh, good luck with the season and everything. And. And it uh, sounds like you got things moving in the right direction. Yeah, man. You need to come uh, maybe when we're painting one day. I'd love to. Um, you know, that process has always fascinated yeah. me, the, the whole painting. And, right. And uh, as I've gotten more involved in some of the other ideas about painting for golf greens mm-hmm. and tees and fairways and sports turf, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to see that process. Yeah, it's funny. Like We get asked, obviously, to paint logos and stuff at some of the golf courses. You know, if yeah. we if we have a t- tournament or whatever and – you know, the golf course superintendents are like, man, you do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, we don't want to do that. Right. And they're always, because I'm always saying, you know, where do you want it and how bright do you want it? Right. You know, because, yeah, you're going to have our event on Friday. I don't want your member member next Saturday to be this faded out tee. Right. And they're like, it lasts that long? I said, oh, it can last that long. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, the painting is, it's it's an art. Um, and, man, we'd love for you to come and 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 do one and be a part of it. Sure, I would I would appreciate it. I, I'm I'm fascinated at the process and I and um and I share some. We didn't get to dive that deep because this this podcast just doesn't allow for it. But I I love the process of talking about the different water rates and the different mm-hmm. different applications and how that all plays into it because I think that's significant in making it you know uh, really the best it can be. And I agree with that. You know, it, everybody's like, so you drop your water, you lower your pressure. But you feel like it's brighter, right? Amen. I do. Yeah. I mean, and I would tell anybody that, you know, the the thick rates of paint and just blowing it into the ground, man, for two or three paintings, it looks really good. Yeah, it's four through six, it looks like garbage. Right. Where we want it to be clean. If you want, if you come to the BYU game, 
and then you come to the Vanderbilt game, which is on Thanksgiving, I want it to look the exact same. Yeah. And that's the goal. And, you know, again, I've been blessed with a great crew that that's their goal too. Yeah. And so. Well, good. Uh, we'll, uh, when I get back up or we'll, we'll, we'll set that up. We'll, Absolutely. Yeah, absolute. We'd love to have you. I, yep. I appreciate it. Well, again, thanks for doing this. Good luck for the, uh, the season and, uh, all the other sports activities and, uh, man, I'll, uh, I'll blast this out and, and, uh, appreciate you sitting down with me. Man, I really appreciate being on it. It's, it's you, hard to believe it was an hour. This yeah. has been great. So I appreciate it. Do you, you, you said you weren't on any social media, are you? Or do you have social media? No, not really. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm on Facebook, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it's private for sure. Certain reasons, obviously, totally but man, that that's that's about it. Yeah. Well, when I, I usually promote it through Twitter and okay. LinkedIn and stuff like that, but if if you get tagged, I'm on LinkedIn. I am on yeah. LinkedIn. So yes, I'll, I'll try to tag you in some form or fashion. But uh, subscribe to the podcast. Will and, do. And tell everybody about it. it's making the turn and um, and uh, I'm I'm going to be about 20 hours of content in nice. or so now about 20 episodes and and uh, growing so. Well, I appreciate you just talking to, you know, a little guy in the turf industry. Yep. I appreciate it. All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Uh, remember to go uh, rate, share, subscribe to the podcast. It's called Making the Turn. Uh, it's available pretty much anywhere you want to uh, listen to podcasts. I'm your host, BJ Parker. And until next time, I will talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.